Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. I have to say, the little girls that came up waving the flags, I only personally know one of them. I'll get to know the other two just because I, I like getting to know the little kids. But did you notice that the colors that they pulled was red, white, and purple? Red meeting the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice to save all completely, save, heal all. The white meaning the purity of heaven, that he takes all things and makes it beautiful. And the purple meaning royalty, that Jesus is the king of all kings. And then they mix themselves around. The one with the purple came over and picked the fire flag, which is representing of the Holy Spirit, and stood in the middle as the the red, the blood, the saved completely, and the white, the purity was still there, and then the release of the Holy Spirit. So I encouraged them at the first wave. I said, turn around and wave that flag for Jesus. You yeah. just wave that flag for Jesus. Because they don't even realize. I mean, think about you know the armies in the Old Testament when they went forth. Who did they put on the front lines? The flag wavers, the, you know, the worshipers. Yeah, probably the kids' mom said, yeah, you go first. No, I'm just kidding. No, because they're proclaiming it. And it, it, one, of his, one of God's names is um, the Lord, our banner. And I don't know if he was here last week, but James, our special speaker, spoke about that, that it was, it was a proclamation that the army that's coming is the Lord's army. And they're like, we see you coming. <laughs> that's why, because we see the banner waving. I love that when those little kids grab those banners or even the adults. Even, even in um, ignorance, even without the knowledge of what they're doing, um, the Lord makes it known. I like that. Sorry. That wasn't even part of the message. That was a freebie. So Deuteronomy. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's start at verse 11. Now, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you. I like that. This is good. This is going to be a good day. It's not going to be too difficult for us. It's not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. 
You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. And he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is simple. That it's not too far for us to understand, but you put it right within us, God. That we may choose life. Thank you for your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. The title of today's message is No, Ands, Ifs, or Buts. You ever hear anybody say that? Usually it was my grandma or my mom telling me to do something and then she would go, Ah! I don't want to hear any ands, ifs, or buts. Just go do what I said. Right? Ah, anybody else old enough to remember that? Ah, okay, thank you. I feel better. God is so immensely above and beyond all we could ever imagine, beyond our comprehension, and yet he reveals himself, his truth, and his kingdom to us in a very simple way. It's the devil that comes to confuse and, and confound and complicate, not God. Like watching a commercial on TV and they promise miracle results at, at 19.99, And then they flash this great big paragraph of disclaimers. And then you go, what, 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 what was that? It's all the ways you cannot expect to result, the, expect the results, the miracle results at 1999. Well, we try to tag our own ability to receive Results, God's promises under the same disclaimer, this guise of, you know, ands, ifs, and buts, why we can't, why it's not, it's for you, but it's not for me. This, these disqualifiers from living a full kingdom life. The life that Jesus says is on earth as it is in heaven. It has to be on earth as it is in heaven. That doesn't mean that full kingdom life is not for when we get to heaven. Or else Jesus' prayer that he taught us how to pray would sound something like, okay, this is how I want you to pray. This is how I want you to pray for the life while you're living here on earth. God, help me to hold on, hunker down, and make it through until you come and rescue me. You know, he taught us how to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, not when I get to heaven, but on earth now, as it is in heaven. And so to live anything less than what we would expect to uh, walk in in heaven on earth now is living less than a kingdom life 
And it's not why Jesus came. As a matter of fact, if all that we are wanting to experience in heaven is only for when we get to heaven, then why did Jesus have to come to earth? He wouldn't have had to at all. Actually, he could have looked at his father and his father looked at him and said, well, as soon as they die, we'll pluck them out and then we'll give them a choice right then. No. It was for on earth as it is in heaven. It's for now. So today we're going to expose some of these lies by removing this list of disclaimers. And first, let me help you understand there is a difference between disclaimers and conditions because the Bible is full of conditions. I've taught you that over and over again, that with all God's promises, even what we read today was if you do this, God says, I will do this. That's different than a disclaimer. Conditions are not disclaimers. Disclaimers tell you why you cannot receive the same results as everyone else. Conditions explain to you how you can receive the same results as everyone else. God does put conditions to his promises. Again, if you do this, I will do this. They simply tell you, follow these steps, and you can all expect the same results. Where disclaimers say, oh, well, if you, uh, then you can't, and well, you can't, and you can't. And conditions say, if you do this, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can. I'll expect the same results. We went over this a little bit on Wednesday night. But here it is. Again, if it's complicated, it's not God. He makes, as he just said right here in Deuteronomy 30, I made it very simple for you. If it starts getting complicated, you need to back off and look again. Because <laughs> the devil is the author of confusion. And that's what, I mean, it started clear back in the garden. When God said, um, Adam, Eve, there's two trees. One eat from, one don't eat from, right? Pretty simple. But where did Eve find herself? Ooh, this looks pretty good. And then all of a sudden she heard a little voice say, did God really say that? Right? What was he trying to do? Confuse it. Now he started, you know, listing all these things. Oh, come on. He just is trying to hold something back from you. Look at how nice this looks. Doesn't it look appealing? Don't you want to be like God? Right? Let's see. Tree eat. Tree don't eat. What was she even doing around this tree? Right? Simple. So, like we started to learn on Wednesday night, I want you to picture in your mind. I thought about bringing up a whiteboard and drawing, but it, it doesn't help the people that listen by podcast. So we'll do the same exercise together. So if you have to close your eyes to imagine something, go ahead. But if I hear snoring, I'm going to come wake you up. So picture in your mind a big whiteboard. On the one side at the top, write death. Put a big line in the middle. On the other side, write life. All right? Didn't he say, I set before you today death and life. Right? 
Is there anything else? Y'all got to wake up. I'm already a pot of coffee ahead of you. Is there anything else besides death or life? No. No. So that's what the big line in the middle is for. Okay? Now, everything falls under one of these categories, death or life. Right? Again, we're going to start getting IVs of caffeine right in you, right here. You just plug right Anyway, so it falls in. Um, throw out something here. Cancer. Where does cancer go? Oh, pretty simple. Um, where does healing go? Under life. Oh, you're getting this. So any sickness, where would that go? Under death. Headaches, where would that go? under death you know start naming some things in your in your mind right now and start it has to go here or it has to go here has to go here has to go here so where would jealousy go oh see you're good where would anger go death where would strife go do you know strife means bitter um, arguments where would that go under death. Actually, I think it's James chapter 3 that says that where there's strife and envy, there's every evil practice. <laughs> death or life. It has to go one or the other. So if you're walking with something or you experience something, you need to clarify in your mind, what column does this fall under? Is this a kingdom life or is this death? And a few weeks ago, I preached a message on the strong man. Remember? And I told you a lot of the times we're experiencing things in our life because the enemy, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? So he's trying to steal from you what's in that life column for you. That Jesus died for you to experience the on earth as it is in heaven right now. All this. He will come to you and say, that's not for you. Disclaimer number one. That's not for you. Because remember what you did? <gasps> so you actually, this sickness is for you. Is that truth or is that a lie? It's a lie. Why? Because Jesus didn't die sacrifice his life, shed his blood for some sicknesses or some people to be saved. It was for all. So for you to try to move over in that life column, anything, any sickness, any, I don't care if it's an injury, all right? Did you ask for that? Do you think you sinned and you deserve that? No, it's just simple over here. And, and let me try to clarify it this way because the devil loves, like I said, confusion. Are we all in a battle? Yeah. Yes. You are all in a battle whether you know it or not. But it's not, you know, God and Satan going neck to neck and who's going to win? It, no. It's already been won. You know, God's huffed with his little nostril and Satan, you know, hurled to earth over, right? And then he's, Jesus said, you know what? Hey, he took the keys with him. I'll go get the keys. All right. 
So he came to earth, took the keys away from, you know, the devil, you know, hooked him on his side. I love that because, you know, John even says, I see the one who holds the keys. <laughs> yeah. He said, I got the keys. The devil has nothing anymore. He has no authority anymore. Nothing. But in this grand battle, we're already victors. Actually, we're called super victors. Why? Because he's the king of kings. He's already won everything. All authority is always hit, already his. Actually, the Bible goes over and over again. Jesus says, you know what? Name anything above the universe, in the heavens, on the earth, even under the earth. Everything has to bow to me. And he says, oh, and by the way, here, I'll set you right up here with me in heavenly realms. And you set with me in Ephesians. It says that with me in heavenly realms. And then he says, now go into all the world to do what? To extend the kingdom of God. Remember, we're apostles, which are sent ones, which take from where we come, heaven, and extend or reproduce the kingdom that we come from wherever we go. So this grand line that you see between death and life, right, is the battle line. And it's not pushing back and forth and who's going to win. No. It's life is pushing that line this way. It's like the old bully who draws the line in the sand and says, try to cross this line. Okay. And then he draws it. Well, try to cross this line. Oh, okay. Oh, we'll try to. So the line is constantly moving. But as we're moving, when we're doing what we are supposed to do, and we're swallowing death, sound familiar? Yeah. With life, you might take an arrow now and then. Does it feel like you took an arrow, Tara? Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it might happen by accident. It might happen by whatever. Name it. I don't care. Whatever it is, you might take an arrow. You might take a bullet. What do you do? Run or set up camp right there? I'm all done. No, on the battle lines, you don't do that. You keep fighting until you say, Corman, right? Corman, I've been hit. As I'm still fighting, right? Pray for me. I've been hit. I need healing. Why? So I can continue to keep pushing back the death. You don't just, you don't set up camp and say, this is it. This is my lot in life. Because does that fit under life? No. We are swallowing death. We are swallowing death. We are swallowing. We have uh, Satan and his little imps are squatters on property that does not belong to them anymore. And we have been commissioned by Christ to go and take back what the enemy thinks is still his, but he knows it's not. But what happens is when you experience trouble, all of a sudden you start throwing out these ands, ifs, and buts on what possibly could have went wrong. What happened? Now I want to set up camp and get all my close friends around me saying, Kumbaya, can you just pray for me? As bullets are whizzing by your head. You know? Sometimes I feel like the, you know, whoever that, if it's a captain or sergeant, I wish I knew more military terms, but yelling out, 
Shut up! <laughs> no, don't sit on there! Get up! Keep going! You know, no, it's not the time. In the war is not the time to figure out, how did I get this bullet? Well, let's see. Bullet flesh. Hmm. You know, you didn't dunk fast enough. Don't duck. Duck. Dunk fast enough, right? It, it's not the time to try to analyze the what went wrong. Actually, there's no time, really. I mean, you know, oh, Lord, forgive me. I should have jumped left when I jumped right. Forgive me. Heal me. I'm going on. Right? But that's those great, it's in those times of trouble that the enemy wants to then push back this line between death and life and create this gray area. Well, see, this isn't for you. See, Tara, you can't call yourself a Christian. Look what happened to you. Where was your faith to believe you didn't have to have surgery? This must not be for you. You know, you just need to hang out right here. Well, what when you, when you hang out there, what are you doing? You're setting up camp in, you know, in the Valley of Sin, actually. One of them was called. The Israelites was walked through. Yeah, snack, everything's done. It's all downhill from here. Let me tell you. Just because you're being attacked by the enemy does not mean you've moved yourself under the death column unless you've surrendered. When you start raising that white flag saying, this is it. I can't go any farther. This is too hard. I've been hit. He will scoop you up and take you captive. You know, I tell the story all the time, remember, of the guy who sits on the fence trying to make up his mind. He sees heaven on one side and hell on the other, and he wants to sit on the fence in between until he can figure out what side is best. Well, I don't know. Sometimes I like this side, and let's just be honest, sometimes I like this side, right? And before he even made a decision, poof, the fence was gone, and he was surrounded by hell. And he starts screaming out, I didn't make my choice yet. I didn't make my choice yet. And just then the devil appeared before him and he says, he yelled again to the devil, I didn't make my choice yet. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. You didn't understand. That fence has always been mine. See, no choice is a choice. Until you surrender, until you stop fighting, you are in a battle. So it's okay to expect a out here or out there or mm, there. But don't wave the white, white flag and surrender and give up. Keep pushing back hell. And really to think about it, I mean, I could take you through the Psalms and over and over again what I preached before. Everything has already been given to you. The minute you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and surrender your life for his life, say, I'm all done being the leader, the driver, all the, you know, symbolism you can throw out there of my own life. Here's take the wheel, Jesus. What's that, you know, one country song, I don't know. Jesus, take the wheel, whatever. When you do that, everything's been, you inherit everything, he said. Everything. You inherit everything. So there is no grand, and 
Even the armor that you've been given. He says, in part of your armor is his shield. His shield. His shield that's marked with his name. His helmet that bears his name. His sword. You know, there's blood all over that shield. Not because you put blood on it. Because he poured his blood over it. And he hands it to you. You're already super. So really, this is your battle. Take a step. Enemy flees. Oh, take another step. Enemy flees. Kind of like cockroaches, you know? You, the devil wants you to think that it's, he's going to be some strong and mighty force to be reckoned with. He's already been reckoned with. You just take a step. Jesus said, I'm your rear guard. So he's the big guy behind you going, boo, to the enemy. And he runs. It says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you, God says, and then the enemy will flee. Yeah. All right, the kingdom life, let me just point this out and then we're going to get right into steps to healing for you. Um, the kingdom life, though, is not free from trouble. To expect to be in a battle and not feel struggle trouble trials is just stupidity <laughs> well I thought the victory was mine yeah but you're still pushing you know you're still taking that step and you might take that stray bullet now and then and as a matter of fact Jesus said in this world you will have troubles it's alright But it is denying that that trouble could ever be greater than God in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's how Jesus could sleep in the boat. The disciples were worrying, wringing their hands and scared of death, right? But Jesus was sleeping in the boat. Why? Because he knew that that storm was not bigger than he was. That's why Elijah could look at the enemy surrounding the entire city and yet stand there in peace because he could see the armies of heaven surrounding his enemies. You will have trouble, but you are not meant to bow to that trouble. That trouble was meant to bow to you. But see, the only way that that can get twisted is right here between your two ears. That's the only place the enemy and his playground can get you to surrender your authority. Is right here in the mind. Well, you can't do that. I can't. But God said, did God really say that? Right? And next thing you know, you're shrinking back. Oh, yeah, maybe he didn't say that. And yeah, if I really was living kingdom life, I wouldn't have these troubles. What? What? Come on, talk it out. If you talk out loud, I mean, I even apologized yesterday to Brian. I'm sorry, I'm going to start talking out loud for a minute. He's like, yeah, I'm used to it. I like to hear what I'm thinking. Why? Because if I keep it in closed mouth, 
I can think a lot of things that sometimes are just plain wrong. So when you hear yourself speaking what you're thinking, all of a sudden your spirit goes, excuse me? What did you just say? Would God put a sickness upon you and yet send his son to die for all sickness? Does that even make sense? I'll tell you, I'm reading a book right now by F.F. Bosworth, um, one of the great revivalist, healer revivalists. And he goes two or three chapters to deny the fact that so many people have stood on that thorn in Paul's flesh was a sickness. And he lines up scripture upon scripture. How could? How could? How could? And I'm like, wow. I mean, it's like, you know, going off in your brain. Duh, why would I think that? Because God said this. Why would I think that? Because God said that, you know? It makes sense when you speak it out loud and ask those questions. How could? How could people come lay handkerchiefs on Paul if he was diseased with an illness in his eyes that could be contagious right. so that they could lay that diseased, contagious cloth on somebody else for their healing? And how could he make somebody stay in sickness when nowhere in the Gospels did Jesus ever do that? Yeah. Nowhere. He healed all. He came to heal all. So again, if you lay a life column and a death column, would Jesus ever want to pull death into life and say, well, it's my will. No. But see, when we keep it in here, up here, between our two ears, in our mind, we can try to reason ourselves right out of God's will. And then all of a sudden, we got this humongous gray area again. Those ands, ifs, or buts. Well, he might have. Well, God, yeah. no, simple, life or death. Don't settle for anything less than God's kingdom life. Jesus died for sin to be canceled in our life once and for all. Jesus came to die so that healing would be ours. Sickness gone, death gone, illnesses gone, cancer gone, everything, name it, everything. Healed immediately. When? Once and for all. Now. If it was for heaven only, he wouldn't have had to come. Right. Now, as it is in heaven. So here's your steps to healing. Oh, I got good time. All right. L let me help you understand again. I know I've preached it a thousand times. When uh, the word saved is mentioned in the New Testament, it's the Greek word is called sozo. It encompasses uh, saved completely. It means healed, delivered, physically healed, spiritually healed, emotionally healed, completely. It happens all at once. The minute somebody surrenders their life to Jesus Christ, right? Forgive me for all my sins. I accept you in my life. You are my king. You are my savior. Once and for all. They are immediately transposed from death to life. Now, what do they have under life? 
everything. The same faith it took to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're immediately healed, emotionally healed, physically healed, everything. Well, what if they don't feel it? You ever walk away and not feel like you're saved? When you gave your heart to the Lord, come on. It, was I the only one? I'll give you one of these then. You know, I, there's something in here, but something out here. You know, there was something changed in here, but there was, you know, I don't know. Am I, am I saved? Because then the little voices come, who do you think you are, right? Oh, you're not, uh, right? All your feelings start screaming at you. Well, you can't be, you can't be, you know, and you, know, you get a little, like, I radically, miraculously had my back healed. What was it? Not even a year ago, right? I mean, three different doctor's reports, three different diagnoses. Uh, you're going to surgery. It's all over. It's all over? I'm thinking, I'm only 27. Shut up. I can lie once in a while. No, I'm just kidding. No. I'm too young. What are you talking about? It's all over. I remember looking at that doctor in that hospital, and I said, it is not all over. Right. You know? But every once in a while, I'll twist just right, and I'll go, oh. And I'll stand up and go, oh, no, you don't. That was just a stray bullet. I am under life. I am. Well, what if I don't feel it? Does that change? No, feelings don't trump truth. Truth triumphs over feelings, but sometimes it takes a lot of, you know, speaking it out, speaking it out, speaking it out, walking through Myers. For some reason, Myers always sets off my back. Maybe that's, you know, denim. Hell, no, I'm just kidding. It takes, sucks all my money every time I go there, right? But by the time I get to the checkout, I'm like, oh, my God. I, I've sat down on the floor before on that concrete floor, and Brian just kind of looks at me. I'm like, you know, my back is killing me. Is my back healed? Yeah. Does it feel healed? No. What do I do? I don't surrender. I don't give in. I keep walking out. I had a strange thing happen to my leg, and I wish I had time to explain the whole testimony to you, but it was, oh, it was my last doctor's appointment, you know, your yearly doctor's appointment, right? I am almost the same age as my doctor, right? She started, shit it, she started with the, seriously, she started with it. Now we're at the age where, you know, we're going to, you're going to need those colon, whatever, those coloscopiers or whatever, right? And I'm thinking, I'm that age? She goes, and now you need to, when you wake up in the morning, sit on the edge of your bed for a while before you just jump out of bed. And I'm still, I mean, like my mouth is shut. I know my eyes were getting bigger. And she goes, you know, you might want to even invest in this, the railings that you get by your bathtub and by your toilet so you get used to those. Now, I am serious. I was in so much shock. I couldn't eat me. I couldn't say anything. And I'm thinking, really? I'm they? And then I left there still in shock thinking. And I kept telling her, you know, I look pretty good for my age. Wouldn't you think? We are the same age, aren't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I have to get used to those things, too. I go from there 
to the eye doctor because my sunglasses, they were putting the new prescription in my sunglasses because I ride motorcycles and I have to have prescription sunglasses. And so anyway, they took my sunglasses to the back and I'm standing there looking at this little round of sunglasses. And I'm like, these are cool. So I take off my glasses. I'm putting on the sunglasses. I'm like, yeah, a little big. And, and I'm trying. I'm like, these, you know, these look pretty nice. She comes back with my sunglasses and tells me, even with my insurance, it was going to be almost $200 for the prescription. And then you got to swap it out every time they change your prescription. And I went, man. And just as I turned my head to consider, do I want to pay $200? I looked and the sign said, sunglasses that go over your glasses. So then I grabbed those same sunglasses. I slipped them over my glasses. I'm like, oh, now those fit. Looking in the mirror, I'm like, those look pretty nice. She goes, yeah, a lot of people your age get them. <laughs> and I just, again, shot mouth. And I'm like, well, how much are these? And she goes, well, those are only $50. I said, well, I guess I'm buying these then. I sat down in my vehicle, called my husband. I guess I'm that age. I get up that next morning, and all of a sudden, and I did the whole setup. Now I guess I have to sit here for a while. So I literally, 5 o'clock in the morning, I'd usually lunge out of bed, throw up my arms, thank you, Jesus, another day, here I go, watch out, Satan. Those are usually the words that come out of my mouth. And I sat there for a minute. Now it's my, the minute I put my foot on the ground, I went, ooh. And I started limping. That whole day, I'm limping. Come to, it was a Wednesday, I come to the healing rooms, and Neil and Deborah are here, and I'm like walking around, and I'm, you know, telling the ha-ha funny story, yeah, it's so funny, it's so funny. And I'm like, you know what? That's that serpent biting at my heel, and his head has already been crushed. And so I stomped my foot down, and the pain was gone immediately. You tell me that truth don't triumph over feelings, and I'll tell you that's a lie. Because truth does win always. Mm -hmm. It's not a well. It's not an and, if, or but. It's not a disclaimer. Well, that worked for you, but it don't work for me. It is simply a condition. If you do this, he will do that. And you have to stand on the truth. And you have to proclaim the truth. And you have to tell the devil, you're a liar because I'm over here in the life column. You're over there in the death column. And we're coming after you. You're already defeated. So here's your steps to healing. Real fast, you have to know God's will. Simple. The minute you stand before God, if you're praying with somebody at the altar or you're asking God for something or you've got a pain or whatever it is or you've got a mountain before you, know what God's will is concerning that. Real easy if it's a sickness. What's God's will if it's a sickness? What's God's will if it's an accident? What's God's will if it's an emotional turmoil? <laughs> you know, you got to put it, find it, God's will. Is it that, oh, that's something you need to suffer through? Or is that something that's already been taken care of? And you just need to speak to that, stop lying to me, I'm over here. And then all you have to do is start giving them scripture. Keep proclaiming this, keep proclaiming this, keep proclaiming this. It's not a name it and claim it. 
It's a speaking truth over feelings. Speaking truth over lies. So you need to know what God's will is. And let me simply tell you, he came to save all. There's that word sozo again. Save completely, that word says. And if you look at John chapter, I think it's John chapter 3, 316, right? For God came. God so loved the world that he came to. And he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him not perish but have everlasting life well verse 17 says for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it but to save save to save the world to save there's that sozo world to save completely to heal completely spiritually physically emotionally to save them completely and then John 10, Jesus himself says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. There's that word again. Sozo, saved completely, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Enter through Jesus, saved completely. Will be saved. And then in Ephesians 2.8, it is by grace you have been saved. Already done. So if you look at that John 3, John 10 in Ephesians it's a finished work. God says, I've sent my son to save. Jesus said, I will save. And Ephesians says, you have been saved. It's a finished work. It's already done. Completed. Know God's will. The number two step, which people want to skip this one and go right to receiving, right? I know God's will is for me to be completely healed. So heal me. But there's a whole nother series of messages I could do just on this second step that we want to skip all the time. And that's repentance. Change the way you're thinking. You know, ask him to forgive you for, for thinking that way. How could I think that you would want me to keep this? How, would I, how could I think this way? You know, God, forgive me for thinking that way. It's the same thing as a relationship between a husband and a wife. If you're believing something wrong about your spouse, don't you need to apologize to them? I'm so sorry I thought that about you. Right? I'm so sorry, God. I thought that you would punish me in that kind of a way. When you, you already sent your son to give me everything, I just receive it right now. But then he also tells us, and again, I... I'm out of time to be able to share this in, in the completeness. To extend forgiveness to others before you receive forgiveness. To extend mercy for others and to others if you want to accept mercy for yourself. Remember the heat, um, the crippled, the, the beggar, the, the blind men, the, the crippled men. When they saw Jesus coming, what did they yell out? Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Jesus told a parable of the unmerciful servant. Where he said that he cried out to the king. who He owed the king a couple hundred dollars. Cried out to the king, have mercy on me, king, and cancel my debt. And the king did it. Right? And then the servant got up, walked out, and strangled. Sorry, he owed the king millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. 
he turns around after being forgiven and receiving mercy went after a fellow servant who owed him a few dollars and strangled him pay me what you owe me and then he called the jailers throw him in prison till he can pay me my couple dollars and when the king found out about it what did he do he pulled that servant right back into his court and says because you weren't merciful on your fellow servant I'm throwing you in jail keeping your debt back upon your head and I'm releasing tormentors into your life until you can pay what you were not willing and not able to pay before why because you were not merciful to others and so we want to receive God's mercy we want to receive forgiveness and Jesus says forgive others as you want to be forgiven by God so we need to when we come into that place of prayer and, and supplicate when we're asking God for something we need to repent of the way we've thought incorrectly about you God that you could ever want any part of death on me that you could ever want any part of sickness on me that I am here to walk in complete kingdom life on earth on earth as it is in heaven so forgive me change the way I think change the way I think and right now I'm just gonna and we did this Wednesday night when we was praying for an individual I said I'm gonna pray loud enough so I can't hear what's coming out of your mouth so that you feel comfortable if God brings somebody's name to you that you speak out and extend forgiveness and mercy to them extend forgiveness and mercy well I've forgiven them a hundred times well if their name popped up in your head you better do it a hundred and one times you know mercy why because you want to receive you better be extending and so the first step remember know God's will second step repentance mercy and forgiveness mercy and forgiveness is the fruit of repentance and again a whole nother message right there just on when you say well I repented if your life is being unmerciful and you're unforgiving and you're demanding in your I need I want you have to you need to do this for me you need to do that there's no fruits of your repentance fruit of your repentance turning your life around and surrendering to God is mercy, forgiveness, and love. It's the fruit. The third one is it's your move. You need to act upon it now. Like me stomping my foot down. I had to say to my physical feelings, you don't win. You're a lie. When my when I was getting healed, that however many times it was, like people kept praying for me. And actually, that day I was hiding in my office when they came and got me, and they're like, "We think we need to pray for you again for your back." Let me just be completely honest. I thought, really? I had really settled in myself. Well, you know, all the doctors told me this is it. This is my lot in life. You want to pray for me? And I felt that quickening. Are you gonna surrender here? And I thought, no, I'm not. So I came out here, sat in a chair. You know what my move was? When I was sitting in the chair, I felt this hot water coming up over my feet. And it got to my waist, just about where my back, where the pain was. And the water was like right there. And I heard a voice crystal clear, wasn't anybody praying for me, that says, how, how far will you go? How much more do you want? And I scoop 
myself down on the floor and I started belly swimming on the carpet. And I said, I want it all, Lord. I want it all. And that's when I stood up healed. I had to do something. You have to act on that faith that you profess. Do something different than you've done before. Expect something different. If God is a God of impossibilities, why do we just keep expecting the possible? Well, I don't know. You're dang right you don't know. But God does know. Come on. Stop just waiting for what's possible. And let's start walking in what's impossible. Because now we're walking in kingdom life. And then praise Him. Four simple steps. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. When your back starts hurting or your foot starts hurting, praise Him. Why? Because His promises are yes and amen to them who believe. His promises are bigger. God, you said if I do this, you will do that. So right now I'm doing this. I know you'll do that. So I just praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Why? Because God don't say I choose not to lie. That my promises I choose to keep when I feel like it. No, he said all my promises are yes and amen to those who believe. And the Bible records that it is impossible for God to lie. God, you said it. You have to do it. Why? Because you chose to put yourself on the line and say, if you do this, I'll do that. And I, so I'm just going to praise you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's coming. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Today, when I was getting ready, I spent over an hour just listening to testimonies. The end of F.F. F. Bosworth's book is, I don't know how many chapters of just testimonies, documented testimonies. And I'm like, that's how I'm spending my morning, just listening to testimonies. Why? Because I need to retrain my mind out of what's possible and what's impossible because that's where God moves and that's where I'm not settling on this side of doing the much more that Jesus said that we're going to be able to do. More miracles than he was able to do. Why? Because he sits at the right hand of God interceding for us. He gave us the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us, who is the power of God. The Spirit of God and Jesus said you go preach and I will confirm you go preach I will confirm miracles signs and wonders I'm not settling continue to walk in mercy forgiveness and love though that's how that's how that healing that's how you get those arrows pulled off you the bullets he you know they just kind of pop out of you healed up why when you're walking in mercy, when you're walking in forgiveness, and when you're walking in love, you're walking in his kingdom. And those, all of a sudden, those arrows just start bouncing off you. The arrows don't even penetrate anymore. The bullets can't even penetrate anymore. Why? Because my armor is at mercy, forgiveness, and love. That wherever I go, and now all of a sudden, you know, it's the enemy before he even pulls back his bow, he's running. Tuck tail and run. I like that. Tuck tail and run. So we're going to pray for each other. We're going to open up the altars. Um, would you just stand? I feel like I've been running a marathon with my mouth. I tried to get it all in there. It didn't work. Last few days when I read through it, 15 minutes, I'm like, cool. We'll have lots of altar time. 
I'm going to need the ushers to make sure that they're watching this morning and being up here because we're expecting. Okay? And I want you to feel comfortable when you're praying for each other, when you're getting prayed for, that there's somebody behind you watching you. If you start to feel the power of God on you, that they're going to help you, direct you. Okay? They're not going to laugh, point, and watch you fall. Okay? If you go down under the power of God. Actually, the last time, you know, I went face forward. Boom! You know, so, but we're here for each other. We are expecting God. I like it that we heard a message. Uh, the person that gave it shook under the power of God. And the word of the Lord came forth and said, I will visit because of your faithfulness. <laughs> and we just started celebrating. We're like, yes, Lord. Yes. Uh, and I want him to continue to visit continue to visit so we're going to press in we're going to pray for each other if again if you have any sickness in your body or emotional turmoil or financials whatever you're going through and you want prayed for he's already saved completely if you want to begin your relationship with jesus christ as your lord and savior you can do that he's already saved completely and we're going to pray with you pray over you believe with you all right so let's just press in can i just pray over you and then i'm going to open up the altars father we just thank you for your word god as we read in uh, beginning in deuteronomy chapter 30 that it's not too hard you haven't made your word complicated you haven't made your kingdom life your kingdom truth complicated we thank you that you are so beyond our understanding and yet you speak so simply to us. You've placed your word in us. You've placed your truth in us. And God, we just pray right now that you would just release your uh, love, your mercy, your forgiveness upon us as we cry out in forgiveness, as we cry out and extend mercy and forgiveness to others. God, that we would feel that, that rushing water, that rushing love run over us of your mercy and your forgiveness, healing us from our, the tops of our heads to the soles of our feet, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, healed completely. God, we thank you that that work's already done and it's ours to receive. And so let's just press in and let's begin praying with each other. And I'll pray with you if you need um, anything. Please don't be quiet. And don't leave. Remember, this is where these seeds that I've sown and the word gets planted is up here at the altar. So that you don't just run out. Like the Bible says, the birds come and pluck that seed right away. But come on, let's just get Let's just pray for each other. Let's get that word down deep. Thank you, Lord.